Okay, as I mentioned, um, we're in Philippians chapter 3, and we'll be beginning in verse 12. You know, the Bible often describes life in, in running terminology, pictures life like a race. A famous example of Paul used at the end of his life, he's told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. And he, he was there at the end of his life, he was able to say that he had run the race well. It's a, a fitting analogy. It's one that Paul used earlier in Philippians chapter 2, verse 16, and he's going to bring that up again in our passage this morning. You know, when we compare life to a race, it's a reminder that life involves hard work. Running takes effort. It takes our, our energy. And it involves keeping focused on the goal. And running to the end. Well, in today's passage, Paul uses running terms. He talks about pressing on and reaching forward, focusing our gaze on those who are following the Lord Jesus Christ. And it reminds us to keep going. As you know, the race isn't over until you've crossed the finish line. Until God takes us home to be with him, there's more race for us to run. But the wonderful thing is that we can run, we can live with hope and purpose, with our eyes on the prize. Because Jesus has won the prize for us. Let's think about that. Let that strengthen us as we run the race and keep going until the race is done. I'm going to read verses 12 to 14 as Paul talks about pressing on towards the prize, towards the goal. Verses 12 to 14, Paul begins this way. He says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, just before this, Paul has said that I make it my aim to know Christ. That was his goal, ultimately, to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And he speaks of the hope of attaining the resurrection. And now, Paul it's very clear here in verses 12 to 14 about where he's at in his pursuit of Christ. There is a sense in which he has gained Christ completely and in full. And he has all of the promises of God that he is justified, sanctified. He's glorified. We talked or will be glorified. We talked about that last week. 
But now he says twice, I have not obtained the goal. I'm not already perfect. I have not laid hold of the prize. And twice he says, I still press on. I'm still pressing on to, verse 14, receive the prize. There's something very practical and real about Paul's words to us. You see, Paul knew the personal frustrations that we face. He understood the battle against sin and despair and the the troubles, the difficulty of life. He too would say, I'm not yet perfected. And he longed for the day of Christ when he would be raised up, perfect and complete, to dwell in the presence of his Lord and Savior. That was the prize that he was striving for. He was striving for the resurrection, this great hope. And he acknowledges that that it's not there yet. He hasn't crossed the finish line. Yet later on, as I I referred to at the beginning, he could say, I finished the race. And that is the hope of, of all believers that we have. We still have race yet to run. But we can look forward to that day with hope and a purpose. Even though we haven't crossed the finish line, even though we haven't arrived, we can press on like Paul with hope and a purpose. So what does that mean to press on with hope and a purpose? How can you say that in the middle of this life? You know, uh, when you're at kilometer eight of a 10 kilometer race, you're getting pretty tired, right? Doesn't sometimes it can be hard to see the goal at times in our lives. So when we look at pressing on with hope, we see in verse 12, we can press on with hope because Christ has reached the prize for us. Then we're going to look in verses 13 and 14 about pressing on with purpose. We can keep our eyes on that prize. So we can press on with hope because Christ has reached the prize for us. In verse 12, Paul says, I haven't obtained this. I haven't arrived, you might say. But I press on to lay hold of the prize because Christ has laid hold of it for me. Some translations say Christ has laid hold of us. And it's very important that we, we see this. Paul isn't talking about blindly pressing on in hopes of winning a prize. This is a sure thing that he's talking about because he says Christ has obtained it. Christ has reached it. Christ ran the race. And he ran it well. Where we can say, I've stumbled and I've tripped and I fall and I've had weights of a pack of sin and doubts on my back. But Christ, he reached the prize so that 
we might press on with hope. So that we might press on not to win the prize, but to receive it and to enjoy it because of what he has done on our behalf. So that we don't run to earn the resurrection, but it's promised to us. And we run to enjoy that, looking forward to the day when we will be free from our weak and mortal bodies. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 about being sown corruptible, raised incorruptible, mortal, sown mortal, and raised immortal and imperishable. Sown in dishonor and raised in glory. This is the hope that we have to look forward to. And it's a sure hope because of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you can say he's laid hold of me, he's made me his own. That's how we can press on. Everybody, without that, we're just going about blindly in the dark, trying to reach for something that we can never attain. But because of his work, we can run, we can live with hope. I mean, think about. Christ. Paul's just said that he's the greatest treasure of all, the greatest thing we could ever live for, we could ever seek. And the resurrection is this great prize that he has won for us. So how could we not want to press on and look forward to receiving that? By his grace, you know, we certainly aren't there yet, but what a prize we have to look forward to. We can press on with hope because Christ has reached the prize for us. And we press on with hope because we have a purpose. As verse 13 says, Paul says, there's one thing that I do. He has a single minded focus. One thing. And what he says is that he forgets what is behind and reaches forward to what lies ahead. He forgets what lies behind and reaches forward to what lies ahead. You know, when Paul talks about forgetting what lies behind, at first glance, it kind of seems like we, are nev- we should never think about the past. You know, just kind of shove it away and forget about it. I don't think that's quite what Paul had in mind. He's certainly referring to and referencing the past, but I think there's more to it than that. And I'll explain. We've got to remember that Paul, he's, he's thinking in running terms. So he's talked about pressing on and, and straining, reaching forward for the prize. <coughs> And so when Paul refers to forgetting what lies behind, he's talking about running where we need to go. That our focus would be on running that good race, on on that goal, rather than all these other distractions that keep us from running well. I mean, whether you look into the side, to the audience, or you're looking back, am I ahead of everybody else? 
There's so many different ways that we can become distracted from knowing the Lord Jesus and seeing him one day face to face and receiving the prize that he has won for us. And so sometimes we do. We look to the past and we look with regret and we don't move forward because we're always looking at our failures. It's equally possible that we might look to our successes. I'm doing so good. I'm ahead of everybody else. Or perhaps our focus is on old sinful patterns of life that we keep going back to, that keep distracting us. And the writer of Hebrews said that we are to throw aside those weights and sins that they wouldn't entangle us and hold us back from the prize looking to Jesus. So there's many different ways that we can be distracted from the prize that awaits us. And whatever it is, whatever is keeping us from knowing Jesus and the power of his resurrection, whatever is keeping us from, from turning our attention towards him, We need to stop and turn, turn our gaze away from those things, confessing our sin, leaving the past in the past and turning to get our bearings from God's word and what he calls us to look to, the hope that we have in him. So it's important what we're focusing on in the race. Is our purpose, is our focus on the prize, on the Lord Jesus Christ, or is it on other things? Those other things inevitably will pull us away from the Lord and from running the race that he would have us to, to race. There's victory in Jesus. We need to keep looking to Him. And that prize, we're going to talk more about in verse 21, but the prize we await is a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the one who's able to, to raise up our bodies and make them new. What a glorious thing to look forward to. We'll talk about that again in a moment. The point I want to make right now as we look at verse 15 is this is the way that every Christian ought to think. Paul is giving an example of his life and what he, his goal was. But it is that we might think this way. Paul says that let those of you who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. You know, some people think it, it, it almost sounds as though Paul's speaking with a bit of irony. He's like, you guys who think that you're perfect, you guys who think you're mature, 
You need to think this way. I think it's a good rebuke, a good thing to think about. Do I think that I'm perfect or that I'm mature? Well, do I think the way that Paul thinks? Is my thinking and my attitude and my direction in life directed towards Jesus? Or is it directed towards other things? Because that should give us pause to go, maybe I'm not running the race as the way the Lord would have me. Now, I'm not 100% sure that that's the sense in which you take it. But I do know that Paul's highlighting how important it is that we have the same kind of attitude as Paul. Not an arrival attitude, but a runner's attitude and a victor's attitude because it's Christ who's won the victory. Right? So we keep on. We don't give up and we don't have to give up because we have a sure hope to look forward to. To be able to say, you know what, I haven't arrived, but I press on. You know, I haven't finished the race, but I press on with hope because Jesus has won that prize. And I press on with purpose because my focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that is a mature perspective. That's one that, that doesn't get ahead of oneself and look at me kind of an attitude. It's one that gives the glory to Christ. And it's one that presses on with hope and joy and a purpose for our lives. Life's no longer aimless when you live for Jesus. There's hope and a purpose. Well, it's easy to talk about just run, you know, run like a race and forget what's behind. Look to look to Jesus. But how how do we live that out? Well, Paul doesn't leave us there with this example. It's very encouraging the way that he is very practical in his letters. So I want to draw out three things as we continue on that Paul points us to of ways that we can get to having this kind of an attitude of pressing on and having a hope in our lives and not being discouraged. The first thing is in verse 16. And that is that we follow through on what we know. We follow through on what we know. Paul says, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Just imagine with me um, that you're a runner, or if that's hard to imagine, just imagine a runner running a race and you're watching the, and you see He starts to slow down. He doesn't keep up the pace. Maybe he's thinking in his head, I've arrived, you know. I'm about to get there, right? I'm so far ahead of everyone else, I don't have to worry. Not that we should worry, but he's not holding on to what he's achieved, is he? And he may lose the race if he's not careful. If he doesn't keep on, because the race isn't done yet. 
You know, we're given a parable about this in the story of the, the tortoise and the hare. And the, the hare thought that he had won the race. He was such a fast man, right? But who's the one that won? It was the one, who, the tortoise. He was faithful and he kept on, on going. And that's kind of what Paul is talking about here, that we hold true to what we've attained. Now, whether you're at the beginning of the race or you're at the end of the race, there's still that need to continue on, right? Because the race isn't over. And so it's not really, it doesn't make sense for us to say, I made it, or I'm pressing on if, if we aren't holding on to the truth that we know. You know, the maturity and the knowledge that we have in the Lord ought to be reflected in our lives. Or else what claim can we have to maturity? A claim can we have to godliness if it doesn't reflect in our daily walk? So whether we're a brand new believer or an older saint, we must hold on to that which we have attained. And that which we know of God's word, and I know we're all at different places along the journey. We all have different giftings that the Lord has enabled us. We can never say to ourselves, I've arrived at this certain point. I'm at level 100 sainthood. And so I can stop running for a little while. We continue on to serve the Lord. And, and that I don't want to imply that that's always just effort, effort, effort. We must wait on the Lord. We must trust in the Lord. We must pray. That may seem like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Oh, no, you are. You're pressing on. You're holding true to what you've attained. For these are things that the Lord commands and calls us to. We're to surrender because what good is running off in whatever direction we want to go in. That's not running the race the Lord has called us to. We ought to keep on going. And think about the things that we know of God and, and we know of His will for us. Hold true to those things. If you gain ground in a particular area, You've been running the race well in terms of patience, joy, self-control. Paul is saying, don't give up. Hold true to that, right? Keep on going because life keeps on going until the Lord calls us home. And we can always continue on as we trust him. So follow through on what you know. And then secondly, follow those who live by this example. We don't walk alone. So many times Paul points us to other believers. He did that with Timothy and Epaphroditus. He does that with himself. He says in Philippians 3.17, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those that walk according to the example that you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you, verse 18, and I now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame. With minds set on earthly things. So Paul gives this command to focus our attention on those who live by his example. And he he shares why this is important. He talks about those who have turned aside, who are walking as enemies of the cross. And this grief, Paul, he spoke with tears about how their end is destruction. You know, it's important that we follow the right people because the wrong people are headed for destruction, according to the words of Paul and the words of Jesus. We're to imitate those whose eyes are on the prize. Not because they're our hope, but because they're looking forward to our hope too. Not because they're our Savior, but because they're looking to our Savior. To follow those who live by this example. And that brings us to point three, that we consider our hope. Running the race without a view of the prize of the end becomes very futile really quickly. So Paul writes about our hope in verses 20 and 21. I just want to consider that this morning. And, and really, we need to see this or everything else that I say becomes rather meaningless. Just press on. Just keep going. It becomes meaningless if we cannot see the wonderful hope that we have. This joy that we have to look forward to. So let's read verses 20 and 21. Our citizenship is in heaven. Wow. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Amen. You'll notice that our hope is first of all a who, not a what. Our hope is in a person. As citizens of heaven, our hope is in a Savior. Our Savior and His promise that He will transform our weak and lowly bodies to be like His own glorious body. So there's a sense in which the resurrection is this prize that we're looking forward to. I mean, when you think about what all that means, what a wonderful thing to look forward to, to being made new, not only in our hearts, but outwardly, and to live with the Lord forever. But we receive that prize. Through our Savior who's able, the text says, to transform us, to be like Him. He's able because He holds all things under His power. So He is our hope. This God who is able 
to help us. We haven't arrived yet, but I'm so glad that this life with all its troubles is not the end. And if you act as though and think as though it's the end, we are going to be quite hopeless. What's the point in pressing on? But we can press on in hope because we know the future. We know that the plans of God involve more than the exile. I think of Paul, uh, Jeremiah's words, the prophet. Their plans that God had were to go into the exile, but after he would bring them out. Right now, we may be in the wilderness, but the promised land awaits. We're running the race today, but the finish line is ahead. So let's press on with hope and with purpose, with eyes on the prize, hoping in Jesus who is able to raise us up. And we can think about the things that distract us. I think that's a good thing. We're to forget what's behind. Think about what distracts you from pressing on. You know, maybe it's a shameful past or a present habit of sin. Or maybe it's a sense of, I don't need any help. I'm doing okay. How is God calling us to turn away from what is behind and to look towards Jesus Christ, our hope? Think on that. And I do want to quickly recap the three ways that we can keep our eyes on the prize. we we'll follow through on what we know is the first one. We look to verse 16 that we hold true to what we've attained. How can I follow through on what I know? Be a question to ask. How can I be faithful to press on? Maybe there's something I've neglected to do that I know is right. I had to do that this week. There was something I didn't want to do, but I knew it was right. And so I didn't have any excuses. And I was reading this. And we remember these things. We remember life is a race. We serve the Lord and the hope that we have. And we can do the hard thing and turn away from whatever is distracting us because there's something better then whatever it is we might be seeking. Let's be a people who follow through on the things that we know. And follow those who keep their eyes on the prize. That's the second thing. I hope that all of us have someone that we can do that with. Pray that we can be those kind of people for one another. It's important. And you know what? If all you got is your Bible and you're looking to Jesus and to Paul, that's wonderful. But there's something to be said for having those that come alongside us in the race today. And, you know, we look to those, not the ones that think and look and act like they've arrived, but the ones who are looking to Jesus Christ. That's what counts ultimately. And so in that sense, 
whatever stage we're at, if we're looking to Jesus, we can be an encouragement to one another. There's something so encouraging about a new believer. There's so many things they may not know. They don't have all the, the right things, the churchy things, right? But what an encouragement because their eyes are on the prize and what an encouragement to see someone who is at the end and the hope that they have, right? So it doesn't matter who we are, that we can look towards one another and be looking to Christ together. That's a good thing to pray for in our lives. That we would be a person who can be that to others. And we talked about our hope at the end. As we run a race, as we go through life, we need a hope. And the hope that we have is our Savior. Philippians 3, 20 and 21 are fantastic verses. They remind us about Jesus. They remind us about what He's able to do, that He's able to transform our bodies. He holds all things under His power. That's the God that we put our hope in. You know, we still need a Savior today. We have a God who is able to save and, and truly He runs along with us. We look forward to the day that we will see Him face to face. Not a day goes by we don't need Jesus. You know, our, our efforts without Him, what do they? They mean nothing. But with Him, We can finish the race. So trust in Him today. And consider what a great hope we have. I hope that you're able to reflect in your own life. Do I believe this? Do I trust that Jesus Christ is enough? One day the struggle will be over and we will receive the prize. But until then, we must press on and keep going. So let's not stop until the race is done. Let's press on with our hope in Jesus and our eyes on Him.